Boston Celtics get a win that they really, really needed. In a way, they kind of needed to, but I'll tell you why this was a little bit of a gift and more of a simulation than an actual game. It's all right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day, and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast drop directly to your device if you are a subscriber, so make sure you hit that subscribe button on whichever app you use. This show exists on all of them. It's also on YouTube, so make sure you're, you're subscribed there as well. Hop into the comments section, jump in, join the conversation. Lots of Celtics fans there, over 10,000 subscribers. So a lot of them are in there having a conversation right now. So you can go ahead and hop in there as well. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player. Now I'm covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. And I'm coming to you after a 115-93 cruise, kind of easy win over the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, later on, we'll talk a little bit about the individual performances uh, in this, but mostly this is, uh, I, I, I want to start with the big, the big picture here. The big picture is this was kind of a gift, kind of a, you know, thank you Portland because, oh my God, Portland was awful, awful. Uh, Jalen Brown after the game said, Portland did us a lot of favors tonight. If they would have been ready to play, we should have been ready to match the intensity intensity there. I think we kind of played down a little bit, but it's the NBA. We found a way to win, so there's nothing to complain about. So we got to be ready for the next one. Pretty much a uh, a pretty blunt admission by Jalen Brown. It's very simple. Uh, they, the Blazers, played horribly. Now they're not a great team, but they're in the mix for the play-in out West. I, mean, I guess everybody kind of is out West and okay. So they're not a great team. They're not, they're not a, a good team, but uh, they are capable of doing good things. Damian Lillard is capable of doing a lot. They came out in this game and had nothing. The Blazers had nothing for the Celtics and the Celtics came out in the first quarter and did a, a great job. That first quarter was uh, in fact, the start of each half, was was pretty good. First quarter, 58% from the field, 60% from three. Second, uh, they started the second half. Third quarter, 57% from the field, 70% from three. They built some big leads there. The second quarter was more the Blazers. That's where the Blazers were just terrible, man. They were just, oh my God, brutal. That's that's where it really you, you really saw it the most. But the Celtics came out, did a good job. They did what they're supposed to do. They took a bad team. They, they built a lead. And in the third quarter, when the Blazers, uh, cut it down, the lead got up to as high as 20, 
21 to that point. Then maybe it was a little bit more at that point. Regardless, the lead had gotten down to 13. And Jason Tatum comes up, bang, 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 3-3-3. Three, three, three. Uh, mix in a couple of Sam Hauser free throws and the Celtics go, uh, go back up and, and extend, extend their lead at that point. And it was a, it was a nice answer. So the Blazers to Jalen's point just weren't, just weren't good. So the Celtics got a little bit of a gift. Fine. So you, sometimes you got to take the gift that comes to you. Uh, the comparison I made was the the Celtics kind of had uh, it, it's like you're out fishing and the fish just jumps in the boat. Or if you want to do a sports analogy, uh, you're you're out there. Uh, there a batter who was uh, kind of scuffling a little bit, going through a little bit of a slump, and a pitcher hangs a big fat curveball, just a big meatball. Uh, and look, they turned on it and they they hit it out of the park. And that's great. That's what you want to do. If someone hangs a curveball and you're a batter and you're in a, a kind of having a little bit of a rough patch and you don't crush that pitch, then you're really, really uh, in a bad way. So let's just consider the the overall positive here. Obviously, a win is a win. And you know, and after the game, you hear Eddie House talking about you you can't. You can't downplay a win. A win is a win, and you take it, and you move on, especially at this point in the season. And that's 100% true. Uh, but at the same time, you can be real about how it happened. And and the Celtics can be real about, hey, you know what? We You got you got the gift. It's not up to them. Their job isn't to uh, motivate the Portland Trailblazers. That's the Blazers' fault. And if the Blazers wanted to come out and play like crap, that's their problem. Not Boston's problem, but what Boston did was, all right, We'll, we'll capitalize on that. Al Horford comes out strong. Horford was great. And after the game, Tatum said uh, in his walk-off interview that you can't you can't praise Al Horford enough for what he brings to this team. He's he's just uh, obviously not just the consummate pro, but he he brings so much uh, to to what this this team really is. And in fact, let's take a second here. To to crown Al Horford again as the Nissan most electric player of the week. It's brought to you by the all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Al Horford is the player of the week for me uh, again because he he was so big against the the Knicks and he missed that last shot uh, against the Knicks, but he was so instrumental in in keeping the Celtics. Uh, alive and giving them an opportunity to to go into overtime. And in this game early on, with the day off, with the extra rest, he looked spry in the first quarter. He comes out and is just, uh, you know, not only just hitting threes, he's driving baseline, he's getting to the rim. And, and that that right there, those things make him a very much the electric player of the week. Uh, there's, there is always an elegance to Al Horford's game and the way he has evolved into a three point shooter. He said after the game, this is, this is what, uh, you know, this is what I, I have to be now. This is basically I've evolved into this and this is how I make an impact. It's so smart for Horford. I mean, he's made, he's had big contracts and he continues to make 
a lot of money. Guys don't make a ton of money past 35 in the NBA anymore. And Horford continues to add uh, a lot of zeros to his bank account because he is able to evolve his game, much like electric cars have evolved uh, here with uh, Nissan and the 2023 Nissan Aria. So uh, very happy to, to have Al Horford there as the electric player of the week. And uh, the 2023 Nissan Aria uh, is available now at NissanUSA.com. It's the EV for people who love to drive. 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all in one electric vehicle. And that pin-to-your-seat power is what we saw from Al Horford in the first quarter of this game to set the tone, a very necessary tone for the Celtics that they could then carry on throughout the game. Then they kind of had that big turnaround in the third quarter. Not big turnaround, but that third that third quarter turnaround was part of what I consider basically a simulation. And I'll explain that next. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Head on over to that Locked On NBA feed. You get Locked On Game to Game, which you'll hear my minute or so take on the game. And you hear from both sides. You get a real good recap of the night in the NBA. And then head on over to Locked On NBA, the podcast. It's all on the same feed for a good kind of in-depth, around-the-league, big-story type of podcast. They're both great shows, and they're both on the same feed, Locked On NBA. So Al Horford sets the tone. Jason Tatum basically has a, a really good a really good shooting night playing uh, his best basketball in a while here, I think, because 30, shot, uh, 30 points on 17 shots, two of four from, from the line, six of 10 from three. We finally got a really good shooting night here. Uh, seven rebounds, a couple of assists. I thought Tatum kind of within the flow of the game, it was not a ton of searching for his own offense. There certainly was some, but there's there, there was mostly, it was mostly, I think in the flow of the game, which is exactly kind of how you want this. And, and when I talk about the, the pace and everything, I think that's kind of the type of performance you want to see when the Celtics are playing with good pace. It's that in the flow kind of offense and damn it, this is the exact type of thing that I've been saying will happen if you play in the flow, if you play within the ball movement, quick decision, Derek White style of basketball, which I wish I could just take Derek White's basketball mentality and just pop it into the brains of everybody else on the team. But you play like that and things like this are going to happen for a guy like Tatum. Now, Jalen Brown played like absolute crap, I think. Uh, made some nice plays, but I think Jalen, I, I wouldn't have expected much. Like this was, thank God he got 25 minutes in this game and, and, and Tatum only got less than 31. I, I'm, I'm glad that that happened because Jalen had the two overtime games, the back-to-back -back nights where he played, what, 92 minutes in two consecutive games. That's outrageous to have that much uh, playing time in, in consecutive games. 
And then it goes up over like a hundred and some, whatever it was when you get that prior game to it, too many minutes for Jalen Brown. And he played like a guy who had been playing too many minutes. Passes were flying all over the place, whatever. Not a, I don't care. This is, I'm not crapping on JB. This was, he had a bad game and whatever. This is the most understandable bad game I've ever seen. But Tatum, Tatum's big stretch was that late third quarter when he hit three straight threes in the Celtics. You, things got a little close in the fourth quarter, but that that was just more bench guys. That was, I wasn't worried about that. The, the, the Celtics were never in any danger, which is why I think this is, a simulation. This is basically hopping into a flight simulator. That's how I look at this game. The Celtics hopped into a flight simulator. They went through the regular tests. They didn't fly the plane. They've been flying the plane the past three nights, uh, and and it has not gone well. The flights have not gone well, and so they said, "All right, let's put you in the flight simulator, the Portland Trailblazers, and let's kind of go through." what a normal kind of feel of a game would, would be like. So, all right, first quarter, let's let's get you starting starting well. Let's get you starting hot. Let's kind of see how you handle starting hot. Okay, that's good. Second quarter, you've you gone cold. How do you handle that? Okay, you're still playing some good defense. Good defense on Damian Lillard, really showing him multiple looks. You're throwing a couple defenders at him. Not bad, not bad. All right, let's get back in there for the third quarter, and let's let's get one of these little runs from the other team. Hey, uh, Joe, can we dial up a run for the Blazers? You make it like um, 11-2 or something. Okay, so uh, all right, here we go, guys. Hands on that, the yoke. Uh, what, what are we looking at here? Oh, okay. Oh, nice, nice answer, nice answer. J- Jason Tatum hitting some tough shots. Uh, Sam getting the free throws. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, all right, let's see how the fourth quarter goes. Okay, you know what? We're going to arrest you guys in the fourth quarter. Let's, let's just get out of the simulator. I think we're good. We're good here. That's how it went. That's kind of like they were never in danger of crashing. They were never in danger of anything bad actually happening. The Blazers were never good enough to truly, truly kind of make this dangerous. So when you go through the flight simulator, it's still not real. And this was real in the fact that they got the win, but it still didn't feel like real enough which is why I think Jalen after the game was just kind of like, eh, you know, it's a good win. And, you know, we didn't play well. They were terrible on the other side. And we got to make sure that we come out and play better on this road trip. Because if if you play like this, if they play that exact style of play against a team that was ready to, uh, to, ready to play, if you play that style against uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, which you don't want to do, they they would have gotten smoked. Uh, if they had played the way that they should play on a regular basis, uh, with that full intensity for full forty eight minutes, they would have won this game by by forty or fifty. They they ended up winning by uh, twenty two, which is totally that's that's a, it's a real good, honest to goodness blowout where neither Tatum or Brown played in the fourth quarter. So I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to downplay the importance of that. But what I am saying is this, this wasn't the full kind of turnaround game. This wasn't like, uh, oh, well, everything's fixed. Everything's good. So that's, that's, that's all this is. It's the reality of this game is it wasn't 
a uh, a story of well they were faced with adversity down another team cutting into their lead and here comes the Celtics showing what they've really got no that's not how this went at all this was Jason Tatum was on fire he said all right uh, let me let me handle this he hit the shots and that was basically the end of it so Congrats. Now let's move forward. Let's take a look at some of the other interesting elements of the game next, including Grant Williams not getting off the floor until the beginning of the fourth quarter. Uh, going with Blake Griffin ahead of him and some of the other individual performances, Malcolm Brogdon. I'll apologize to Malcolm Brogdon next. I'll tell you why in just a minute. First, today's show also brought to you by Built Bar. You know, Built Bar is that delicious treat, but it's without the fat and without the calories. Got to get a Built Bar. Uh, you know, I've been, the holidays admittedly get tough. The NBA season admittedly gets tough. It's it's hard to build good eating habits when you're covering the team on a regular basis because some of the food that's available at arenas and some of the stuff at, at halftime or after the game, you just don't have a lot of great choices. So, my choice is going to be Built Bar. I'm going to pack one in my bag. I'm going to take it to the arena. That's going to be my halftime snack. That's going to be a good way for me. Instead of reaching for a bag of <laughs> a, whatever, a chocolate bar, a bag of chips or something, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. That's a great way to get through the rest of the night. And hey, it might even make my writing and podcasting a little bit better. Get yourself the best tasting protein bar on the market by far covered in 100% chocolate flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond get them now you can get them at sam's club if you belong to sam's club hop hop on over grab a 13 bar box go into walmart if you're at a walmart four bar boxes at the pharmacy section go grab a quick snack there or obviously you can go to built.com that's a great place to stock up built.com use the promo code locked on 15 locked on 15 for 15 percent off few other performances here on the night here at uh, TD Garden. The uh, we, we saw more of Derek White here, and I thought Derek White was very impactful again. In uh, in the beauty of Derek White's game was one of five from three, perfect seven for seven inside the arc, uh, just showing just that versatility. Twenty one points, seven assists, team high seven assists uh, for him. I thought he just played great. And once again, Derek White needs to play. He needs to play more. We talked about it yesterday. However, it needs to happen. It needs to happen. Derek White needs to be on the floor uh, and good for him. He needs to be on the floor. Uh, uh, and, and he showed exactly why in this game. I thought he was great. Um, I talked about Jason Tatum, Al Horford, uh, Marcus Smart, kind of like a, a, a nothing game for him. Uh, off the bench, Malcolm Brogdon. I, I got to apologize to Malcolm Brogdon. I, I kind of jinxed him, and I don't even believe believe in jinxes, but I feel like I feel like this one might have happened because uh, before the game, I'm sitting there talking to Suichi Tirada and Brian Robb of Mass Live, and we're trying to like just talking about the game, like what do we expect and everything. And Suichi, to his credit, saying I think this is going to be a Derek White game. I said it could be, could be. I think this is going to be a Malcolm Brogdon game. So I'm betting that when the game is over, I'm writing a story about how Brogdon wasn't available during 
though the the Brooklyn game and the uh, New York game, and now with most of the team healthy, Brogdon is back, and he's going to come off the bench, and he's going to be their rudder. And I was prepared to write that story. I was ready. Mentally, I had it, and he comes out and is two for 13. Not only just one of seven from three, one of six, and all of them are layups. He couldn't hit a layup to save his life in this one. He did have nine rebounds uh, and a couple of assists, and somehow he managed to be a plus 11 because that's just, hey, that's what he does. But he just couldn't hit a damn thing, and I feel I feel partially responsible for that. Uh, I also uh, lost a bet late in the game where I bet Brian Robb in the fourth quarter he said, I feel like we might actually get the whole, Jason and Jalen to uh, sit the whole fourth quarter. And I said, I bet one of them goes back in. I bet Joe Missoula actually throws one of these guys back into this game just to mess with us. Uh, and I lost that bet. So not a great prognostication night for me. But I was almost, there was a stretch there in the fourth quarter where it got got down to what, like 12 or so. and. It it looked like five minutes left, four minutes left. <laughs> like, wait a second. How how are we is how's this gonna go? And the Celtics made a bucket with about four minutes left or so, five, four, four and a half, five minutes left, whatever it was. And JD Davison checked in. But I swear if they didn't make that bucket, that Jalen Brown would have gone back into that game. I was I was so close. Uh, and I wouldn't have put it beyond uh, Joe Mazzulla for that. Uh, speaking of Joe Mazzulla, made the decision to play Blake Griffin early, the first three quarters, and uh, which, I mean, it didn't you know help or hurt or I don't know. Uh, it felt like Griffin kind of yeah he had six rebounds, he had a few assists, he had a couple of steals there, a decent overall game, uh, committed a few fouls, missed. The only three he took, the only shot he took, uh, but it was generally okay. He was he was fine, but the decision to go to to Blake over Grant was interesting. Um, I, and I don't know why. I don't know why. And and Joe Mazzulla would never say exactly why, but I, I if I have a qualm, a beef, I I might have made this a heavy Grant Williams game just to get back. Go right back to him after the two missed free throws, after the way the last game ended. I might have just said, look, we're, we believe in you. Hell, I, I, I might have even started him. I might have said, Marcus, Grant, Al, Jason, Jalen, and let's, let's kind of roll with that. Now, I say that now because I know that the Blazers played like crap. And I know that the Celtics won by 22. And so I have the beauty of hindsight. You, you didn't know ahead of time. So I'm not making this a pure second guess and saying it's Joe's fault. Because you have no idea how if Dame had come out and just been on fire. And Nurkic, who came back for the, you know, he was out since February 1st. So, you know, they were starting to work him back in. So that was a little bit tough. If they had gotten anything from, from their, their, uh, role players, anything significant. Yeah, had no idea. So it, I understand that 
uh, Joe Missoula say, hey, look, you do whatever you can to win the game, and that that's it. Everybody's got to deal with it. However, I do think that I might have gone to Grant and shown Grant that I believe in him a little earlier. Now, I understand that Grant has played himself out of the rotation, and I think he deserves to have to, to, to be out of the rotation the way he has played. But there are times, and this is the feel thing, there are times where you have to realize, okay, this guy, after the two free throws, you, the, the, there has to be some sort of, I don't know, repairing of his ego, repairing of, like, you, you got to make sure that somehow you get Grant Williams right. And, and, and this is the whole thing for me. Grant Williams, I've said this on this podcast before, but I, I got to repeat it. They will need Grant Williams to win a championship this year. They need Grant Williams. They need him. If Grant Williams has played himself out of the rotation, and if Grant Williams is out of the playoff rotation, I do not think the Celtics will actually win a championship because he does so much. He is so important. He has been so key as a role player, as a defender, as a shooter, he has been so important to the best parts of what the Celtics have done this year that he needs to play. He needs to get himself back into the rotation. They need to find a, a path. He, uh, Grant Williams, Joe Mazzula, the assistant coaches, Brad Stevens, I don't know who else, they need to get together and talk about this. Or if they haven't already, they may have because I'm not involved in all that stuff, but they need to get together somehow and figure this out. They need to create a path. What's the path to Grant Williams getting back into the rotation? And it, it's a path that both sides have to agree to. Is it Grant needs to get certain things out of his head? Like I believe, I believe that, his contract is part of it. I believe that Grant has started to play a certain style or started to play a certain style that became uh, problematic for the Celtics. That he, because of his contract status, because he's a restricted free agent, he started to do things that went beyond what the Celtics need, need him to do. So they need him to be a shooter. And as the shooting gets better, they and the closeouts get harder, you need him to attack the closeouts, which means you have to be able to put the ball on the floor. He's done that. You need to take a couple of dribbles and draw the defense and then kick it. He's done that. He's actually gotten pretty deep into the paint doing that. But he is. he then started to add the floater and other shots in the middle that, okay, when they go down, any shot that goes down, you say, oh, okay, you know, not bad. Those aren't the shots the Celtics need him to take. And I don't know if it was part of a plan or unconscious or subconscious or what. To me, it feels like this is a guy who said, all right, I know what the Celtics need me to do. But in the midst of the Celtics, you know, doing that stuff for the Celtics, I'm going to flex a little. Hey, I got a floater game going. I got a little of this going. I got a little bit of this off the dribble going. I got my little dancey step back three pointer going. That stuff 
is great for the scout that's in the game at the game for I don't know, pick a team, Atlanta, uh, Miami. I don't know. Miami needs a power forward. Somebody that can come along, and I'm not saying these, I don't know what the money situation is for some of these other teams, but somebody that can come along and be like, yeah, yo, yeah, we'll, we will actually overpay. It's, man, we saw that floater. You had a couple of games there with those floaters. We're like, we like that you could be that guy. And we saw that crazy little step back, dancey, you know, footwork thing that you got going on. We like that you got that. So, yeah, we think you could be more than what the Celtics need you to be. And we will pay you to do that. So here is our restricted free agent offer. That's more than what we think the Celtics will pay you. And Grant will say, oh, great. Thank you very much. I'll take all of that money and join your team or force the Celtics to match this. I feel like those parts of Grant's game were part of showing out for maybe it's the Celtics. Maybe it's some other team. Maybe it's a contractual thing. If that's the case, whatever it is, and he's got to be honest with himself, and he may, he, if I talk to him about it, he may just say, no, absolutely not. I guarantee you it's not. And maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe he's, he would tell the truth. But also, maybe he would lie to me about it because you don't want that notion out there. But I'm just looking at it from a human nature perspective. If I was a restricted free agent, yeah, man. Yeah. You need me to shoot threes? Yes. You need me to attack the closeout? Yep. I'll do all of that. And every once in a while, let me just throw in this little thing just to show everybody else that I can do it. Don't mind me. I'll get back to doing my other stuff. It's easy for that stuff to cascade. However, the Celtics don't need him doing that stuff. And so he plays a little less and a little less, and it impacts the rest of his game because maybe you start saying, I'm going to do it a little bit more, a little bit more, and it takes you away from the other stuff that you've been doing well. If everybody can come to some sort of an agreement and say, you know what, Grant, this is your job now. Come out, hit the shots, attack the closeout, kick. Sometimes you fake it and go to the, you know, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Okay. But your job is to stretch the defense with your shooting, collapse it with your ability to, to dribble and, and get past and attack the closeout, and then kick. Because when a role player does that stuff, he's kicking it to a star player, or it's going to go kick swing to a star player. Usually it's Tatum who does the drive, collapse, kick, and you have your role players out there, a Grant Williams, who hits the shot that makes the defense pay. When you have a role player like Grant, He's vital because if he can do that and the defense is collapsing on Grant Williams and now Tatum catches the ball or Jalen catches the ball on the move or Marcus catches the ball on the move and further collapses, now goes out to Jalen or Jason wide open on the perimeter. Well, now the defense is screwed, aren't they? Grant's got to get back to that. They got to figure out a path back to that for Grant Williams. So I think he's absolutely vital, 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 vital to a championship. And I want to see him used. Look, you got Houston coming up. You got Atlanta coming up on Saturday. You have opportunities here to use Grant Williams. 
This is not the time to be going to Blake Griffin. You got, what, 14 games left? Get Grant right. That's a priority. Get Grant right. Get Grant right over the next month because the season ends in a month, which is wild to say. Get Grant right over the course of the next month. Get the Celtics right over the course of the next month. And I'll be podcasting from a duck boat. I hope. I don't know if they'll let me on one, but I'll, I'll find my way onto one. All right. That's the podcast. Thursday podcast for you. Friday podcast coming up tomorrow. Uh, we'll see. The Celtics are holding a practice media availability, so we'll see what comes out of that. Uh, whatever it is, maybe I'll answer some mailbag questions, uh, which you can submit at johncorrales.com slash mailbag. And when I, and I have a few questions as it is, so uh, I could do that. And, uh, if you would like that and you're not subscribed right now, subscribe, hop on, hop on board. Uh, if you'd like to watch the show, hop onto the YouTube page, get into that comment section, join the conversation, talk about the game, talk about the podcast, agree with me, disagree with me, whatever, do that and share the podcast. If you are a subscriber, I would love the help. Spread the word. Tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.